As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of One of These Years. Short week episode of One of These Years as the Lions... Move to two and one. Get back on the right side of the ledger. And Colton, uh, short week because you're on the road again here, off to Green Bay. Another Thursday night game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, how are we doing? And you booked the uh, crazy flight home, did you not? So you're going to be uh, sleeping. Seven a.m. flight back uh, Friday morning, uh, just in case Campbell they want to do in-person availability. But uh, yeah, another Thursday game. I mean, I like these Thursday games, man. They're kind of fun. I didn't have any last year, obviously. So uh, Thursday night. So. Right. Yeah, the fact that the Lions are in some prime time, you know, get some eyeballs on my stories, that'll be cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And Green Bay's always fun going to Lambeau, so right. should be a good trip. Yes. Yes, that'll be a, it'll be a very interesting game. We'll get to that in the second half of the show here. Uh, quicker episode today as Colton's got to get on the road um, a little bit. But uh, I do want to look back at the Falcons game, as it just happened here a couple days ago. And we talked about this, Colton, last week. We said, you know, again, at the very end of the show, uh, this is a winnable game, and it's a game that is against a team that is still trying to get to the same spot sort of the Lions are trying to get to, right? Like the Falcons have played good football in the first two weeks. Obviously last week uh, that didn't happen. But, you know, from the Lions, the response was about what it needed to be, I thought. Uh, You know, you could nitpick about some stuff, but, like, that was a really good response, exactly what I thought everybody probably needed. And I would imagine, you know, now the mood going into a short week here is is that much better. Yeah, absolutely. I think... What we can take away from this Lions team is that they're mentally tough, and they're, yeah, this isn't a group that's going to let things snowball. At least that's my read on it early. Um, I mentioned at the end of the last episode how Campbell kind of laughed when he was asked about facing adversity, which is funny because they're one and one. It's not like the end of the world. But right. I also think that laugh came from a place of confidence, knowing that he knows how his guys are going to respond. He knows the group that he has, and he expected them to do exactly what they did, which was bounce back against a, a team that's on the rise. I like that I like that Falcons team. I like the collection of talent they're building. Um, similar to the Lions probably of last year, uh, still finding their way. But, I mean, they're off, to, they're, they're off to a good start and had some pieces. And, you know, that's I think that's going to be a good team that probably competes for the NFC South. So uh, the fact that you were able to bounce back against a team like that, took care of business, wasn't really close, um, never felt like that right. one was slipping away. So, yeah, definitely the response that Campbell wanted to see, and I think he kind of mentioned that in the locker room. I think the super interesting part here is that you've got, you know, 
a team in Atlanta that's flawed because of Ritter. And we talked about that last week, too. I like everything they do except, except the quarterback. Yeah, but I think you sort, you sort of saw that. But you also sort of saw how they can scheme around that if you give them a chance. And Detroit, I thought in this game, you know, due to a couple things, um, I think it was good to see, we talked about that last week, good to see Isaiah Bugs back in the rotation, or at least back in there. I don't know what his snap count was, but he's in there, and he's taking a load off of both Jones and Aleem, I think. And, you know, I think you saw the results. Maybe that's not all of it, but, you know, Aleem played better too, but that was one of the best games Aleem's played as a pro. Agreed. Um Outstanding, you know, against the run and the pass, he was unblockable in there. And then Aiden, of course, was about like Aiden's been all season. But the difference, I think, Colton, in this one was, you know, they were able to move him around more. Um, he got to rush on some guards more, which always, he seems to feast on. And, you know, the help inside, plus I felt like more productivity out of Charles Harris. And I, I can't help but wonder if, are we seeing the Jack Campbell, Sam linebacker, edge slash type thing? Is that taking a load off of Harris. I don't know, but either way, against that Falcons line, they dominated the game, and that was a really, really good bounce back for the whole group, I thought, defensive front-wise. Yeah, to me, that game was about, one, guys winning their individual matchups, which is something that Dan Campbell talked about last week. Um, you know, you saw Aiden beating dudes inside, inside and outside. I think they might have found something with mm-hmm. that sort of versatility, which we know he had, but we're starting to see it come together. Right, you got to be able to do it. Exactly, though, yeah. you got you to go out there and do it. Um, so I like what they did with Aiden. Aleem was just dominating inside. I thought that was one of his better games. The Giants one from last year is still probably the top where he had like 10 pressures, but he had three in this one against a really good offensive line and was kind of doing some damage there like throughout the game. Um, and he told me after the, I, I talked in the locker room on, uh, on Tuesday and he kind of mentioned like, you know, we felt that we were close. The pressures were there. Um, yeah. it, was, it was just a matter of like getting through, getting home, obviously. And he said, sacks come in bunches, man. Like, one guy gets one, we go back to the sideline, we're talking about it, we're, we're pumped, we're amped, and then we want the next one. And that's it can, it can snowball from there. And I think they kind of realized that, oh, yeah. and they were all hungry for a sack once they got that first one. So kind of took the lid off of it there, and you saw what happened. Um, and then what you mentioned with you know Harris and um, Jack, that's going to be a thing. Um, I think Dan yeah. Campbell was asked about that this week, just getting him more reps at Sam Linebacker. Obviously, you lose a guy like James Houston. That's a guy, guy they're playing at that same spot to back up Charles. Um, so he goes down, and who do you turn to replace him? And it's the stack linebacker that you drafted. But they also realized, right. hey, I would maybe not have didn't use him the way that we're trying to use him now. But that's okay because we think we had some extra, I guess, potential um, in Jack Campbell as a rusher and this ability to drop back and kind of do both. So I'm excited to see what he can do, man. Like he didn't get a lot of those opportunities at Iowa, but he's long. He's six foot no. five. Like, yeah. I think maybe it was Kirk Ferentz that mentioned like, you know, if he had eleven Jack Campbells, he'd play them all over the field, and you know he would have them like rushing the edge and all that yeah. stuff. So like, the Lions seem to realize that, and they have this value from a player that has some sort of untapped potential there. So they want to dig into that man. I think it's going to be cool to see as as the season sort of progresses here. Uh, yeah, he has hybrid potential and I think it was sneaky and not a lot of people talked about it before the draft process but if you watched and saw everything that he did at the combine and if you talk to people at Iowa the story I think I remember hearing was and I could be wrong on this but I'm pretty sure I'm right is that he got there Campbell did he's from somewhere in Iowa right he gets to Iowa and I want to say that Ferentz and those guys wanted to make him a guard a 6'5 you know, at the time, what was he? Probably 240, 30 pounds. 
6'5", right? He's got the agility, and they're going to stretch him out in 300 pounds, and he's going to be the next, like, Linderbaum mm. or something like this, right? And so, or Marshall Yonder or any of these dudes that they've had. And, and he was like, no, let me prove to you I can play linebacker, because I think he wanted to play linebacker. And then I think they wanted to turn him into an edge, and I think the same thing happened. Mm. And they, he was like, no, I want to play, you know. And he won the fight. And I don't know too many guys that win the argument with old Kirk Ferentz <laughs> yeah. there over the years. So the Lions definitely saw that because, you know, astute observers will note in their draft uh, episode of the Inside the Den show, which is always littered with little uh, things. If you pay attention, they'll tell you why they did Calvin stuff. Calvin Shepard. And so... Right, and the, one of the first things they asked him, "Would you play the Would you play Edge?" And he's like, "I got no problem doing anything." And they're like, "Sounds good." He said, "He was." I think his quote was, "I've never, I never, yeah. I never played it, but you know, I'll go fucking balls to the so, wall yeah. and play it out." Yeah, right, like, <laughs> I don't mind. Yeah, and it's like you, you could see it, and and everybody that I remember talking to about him prior to it was like, "Man, like he could probably be." Because they do it with Barnes. He was a situational pass rusher at Purdue. He was a defensive end at times at Purdue. And at times, the Lions have done that, done some of that with him. And it, he struggled with it. I, I mean, he did it in the Falcons game. This, yeah, he did it in the Falcons game. But this is this is a different deal now with Campbell. I think that he's better suited for it. Yeah. And I think that this was maybe part of the plan, right? I mean, we're starting to see this now. Is that two guys, Barnes and Jack, can both be in the stack or play on the edge. And, you know, whoever your other will is in there, whatever, is sort of like, okay, whatever. Just it has to be a quality dude. And so, yeah, I think we can, we're starting to see some of that plan come in place. And against a team like Atlanta, when you really needed to have it, everybody tackled better, you know, bottled up. It was just, I thought it was a much better sort of focused and confident performance by the entire front side. Right, no doubt. Uh, one guy we got to talk about is Brian Branch. Um, yes. We were getting there. <laughs> he is. Go ahead. Unless you have more to say on, on the no, front I seven. No, I do not. Go for it. I mean, obviously, it's no. the numbers speak for themselves. Seven sacks, you know, um, all the hurries and pressures. And that was sort of the bounce back performance you wanted to see. But the dude that stood out to me all game was Brian Ranch. And, yeah. man, what a performance. Uh, he had 11 tackles, all solo. <laughs> was flying over the field. Oh, covering Kyle Pitts, <laughs> making these one-handed, you know, deflections and – all these TFLs in the backfield where he's just reading things so quickly, dissecting things so quickly and just getting home. Like he's sort of the chess piece that they've been missing. We talked a lot about CJ Gardner Johnson potentially being that piece, but the fact that they moved CJ to safety when he was healthy and put branch in that spot, I think tells you one, they thought he was ready to go immediately. And two, he's sort of that, that type of player that they've been missing there. Um, And we saw glimpses of it. Obviously, you know, we all saw the interception against the Chiefs, but let's be honest, there was maybe some some luck there, some some you know, right place, right time, sure. obviously, but like right, yeah, it, that wasn't sort of the game that kind of told me what Branch is going to be ultimately. This was where he's all over the place. He's a versatile piece, doing it in the run game, doing it in the passing game, just all over the field, sort of the Swiss Army knife of this defense. And if he continues this play, it's going to be tough to have games like this every week. But man, it's in there, and if they can get it out of him. This defense is going to be really solid this year. Brian Branch is the prototypical NFL slot corner yep. right now. He's the he is what you want in a guy that you want in the slot. I mean that well, you said it with CJ, the thing right there, and it would I would say it, it's even more telling that they didn't move him after CJ got hurt. They didn't move him back, and Kirby got hurt too. Yep. 
and he still didn't move back to safety. They put Elfonwu in and just said, we'll roll the dice. <laughs> yeah. We'll roll the dice with Iffy, finally, yeah. right? But my, I thought it was telling that they left Branch in the slot, and they're like, this is what you're here to do. You're here to be a guy that is a playmaker on this defense, period. Like, uh, think of Teran Matthew in his best days when he was in the yes. league. Those type of guys that are so valuable at all every level of your defense, right? He is terrific against the run, as we saw. There was one TFL where he's just knifing through like a stacked linebacker and making a play. Uh, he comes off the edge. There was the one where he read the screen before the guy even threw the ball, and he's there to make the TFL. Pits. This yeah. is legit stuff. I mean, this is what we saw from him at Alabama, and it's like it was one of the more befuddling things in the draft of why he fell. And, it, and I, everybody asks me that almost every time I talk about the Lions on any radio show or anything anywhere. Why the hell did he fall? And I'm like, well, I don't have an answer for you other than people are obsessed with positional value to a point where it's like off the – I don't know what else to say because a guy like this comes in all the time. A guy like this at a position that's not high on the chart, that is a tweener in some cases because a lot of teams thought, hey, he's a safety. Well, maybe he's a corner. He's a slot corner. That's what he is. He's a versatile hybrid. And so why are you waiting? If you, I mean, whatever. They got him where they got him. I just He's steal the draft. He's one of the steals of the draft uh, thus far. Um, and one of the best, if not – the best, unless I'm missing somebody here off the top of my head, he's one of the best defensive rookies in the NFL, if not the best, right away. He's one of the best de- defensive backs, I think, so far. In the NFL. Yeah. Early on, anyway. He's up for uh, Rookie of the Week, the Pepsi Rookie of the Week award this week. So, yeah. I mean, he's in the conversation already. Well, there and, you go. Yeah, man. It's like, we saw this at Alabama. It is kind of like, how did teams not understand what type of player he could be at this level? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's something I will always go back to whenever I think of him, because... Yeah, you can say, oh, he ran a four five eight. He didn't play like he runs a four oh, five yeah. eight. It was there right. on tape. It's, it's the right the instincts, like how he's able to diagnose, like he it was all there. I it's one of the most baffling things about him and about the draft really, that, that last draft. Um Right. There's still in my opinion, not to you no, off, you're good. but in my because I want to stick yeah. on this. There's still way too much, in my opinion, um like bad uh, whatever, bad thoughts, bad vibes around hybrids, and there should not no. be. Uh, and it's because, and I think it's because of how you how you pay him, right? And a lot of times it's like, well, what do you pay this guy as? We got to slot him somewhere. And how do we compare him to, so it's, the data doesn't support the hybrid because their their time is split, right? He's not playing as many reps here, so he's not going to be as good or whatever at this, at this certain thing and whatever. But it shouldn't be. The hybrid in the NFL is like, that's it. That's where it's going. You need to have positional talent or uh, positionless talent yes. that can do a bunch of stuff. And usually, usually it's not the guy. It, the guy has to be out of a certain size, right, and a, a frame and everything else. That's why, like, Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons was, like, the, the ultimate, like, oh, my God, if this guy could, you know, right. be it, it would be perfect. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the hybrid has to be the smartest guy in the field because he's doing more than anybody else. And that's the stuff that slips through the cracks. That's the stuff that doesn't get measured. That's the stuff because people look at a guy like Brian Branch and they say, well, why is he not just a corner? Or why is he not just a safety? Why the hell is he both? Something's wrong here. They have him in this weird role. I don't understand. And it's like, no, think of it the other way. They have him in this weird role here because he's around the ball all the time and makes every play for them, right? So, like, the Lions are good at that. They are good at that, and I think that they get flack on the other side of the ball sometimes for that. And it remains to be seen with some of these picks, but I think they're good at thinking outside the box. 
And Branch is an example of that. They, you know, obviously everybody now says, well, he's great. How could everybody? The Lions got lucky when they, well, they took him. <laughs> they tra- they traded up for like him. That sort of thing. Yeah. Right. So, yes, that was a maybe up there right now. I mean, I, it's too early to, to get overly excited. But if this plays sure. out the rest of the year, yeah, he's right up there with uh, St. Brown in terms of return that you're getting on a pick. I mean, for Holmes. I mean, it's it's been there. So he's far. breaking the model. He's breaking the brains of scouts and GMs. He's like one of yeah. those players that you try. You got to do your homework, you man. Like that's what this says, right? Yep. I think so. The good ones are going to find players like Brian Branch, and they're going to reap the benefits. And that's, I think, what we're seeing. Absolutely. And I mean, like that's he's not the only guy. You've got other guys on the other side of the ball that are that way too. But that's what we're seeing defensively. And in this game... You're obviously getting helped by a quarterback who is not exactly, you know, going to light the world on fire. But at the same time, I do think that we can take away what we can take away from. Bijan Robinson didn't go nuts. Algier is a load. They have a pretty legitimate run game. I mean, they could have done what Seattle did and gotten them in third manageable all game and then found a way to get Ritter in an easy sprint out or something like this. Yep. And then you can make it happen. Um but I think what we saw here, two things that I would say on the defense before we can wrap that side up, would be is I think that the Seattle – Geno played really well. I think people that are mad still about that Seattle game, I think that Aiden's correct. They were right there with some of those pressures. You play a little bit less of a quarterback, and they're there. So, you know, I think that that's, that kind of held up. If I don't know if you agree or not, but I think that did. No, I do. I think that was the case. Um, obviously, you can't play Desmond Ritter every week, but uh... – you know, no, right. You're, you're going to have some, some games like that on the schedule, and you're going to hopefully feast if things go your way. Um, yeah. One thing I'll, I'll add on the defense before we move on, uh, do you know where they ranked right, right now in rushing defense across the league, yards per game allowed? It's got to be toward the, it's gotta be toward the top. Yeah. Right? Top five? So first, last year, let's talk about this. They were okay. 29th in the league. It was not top five. <laughs> <laughs> they were 29th oh my God. in the NFL in rushing yards allowed. Um, yeah. That was the 2022 season. I'm going to quickly look up where how many yards a game they allowed on the ground. That was 146.5 per game. 146.5. Now, moving on to 2023, it's only been three games, but this is exactly what you want to see. They rank fifth in the NFL in yards per game allowed on the ground. They're allowing 72 rushing yards per game. So they went from 146 to 72. That's sort of the difference that you're seeing on the ground. And they played some good rushing offenses. Kenneth Walker's a dude. B. John Robinson's a dude. Oh, They're yeah. playing some good backs, man. It's not just, you know, these middling packs. And I think middling, middle of the team, yeah. we're on it because the difference is Brian Branch. The difference is Derek Barnes is playing better. The difference is athletes in space making tackles and keeping a three-yard play at a three-yard yes. play instead of a 50, you know, whatever the hell. So, yeah, great point. I mean, they've much of Derek Barnes, speaking of him, uh, I, I looked this up. Uh, PFF, they have this uh, stop percentage um, for run defense. Barnes ranks fourth in the NFL in stop percentage among linebackers. That's that's insane. The growth from him is unreal. I it's it's tough. You always you know the coaches would always hype him oh, up, right? Boy. It's like he's yeah, close, I mean, he's getting there, and we would hear the same things, and then we wouldn't see it on the field when it mattered. And then this year, there's a lot more of that, and you're like, all right, I'll pay attention this time if you really mean it. And then Man. three games in, he's fourth in the NFL in stop percentage. So he's doing his thing against the run. That, that growth, I think he's been the key to this run defense, turning things around, so Absolutely. great to see. I hadn't seen that stat. I hadn't seen that stat. I saw that Branch was number one 
in stop percentage, or at least in stops, among all corners, I think, in the entire yeah. league, rookie or otherwise. I think that's right. And you have that plus Branch, or I'm sorry, plus Barnes, and that says it right there, does it not? I mean, you've got, we had guys, we people complaining about lack of play up front and all this and blah, 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 and it's like, no, I think that Hutchinson is still tied for first in the NFL in pressures, I believe. So, yeah, he's like first with 19, games. yep. Yeah, so I think it's going to be okay. I, I I I was hesitant to panic too much after that Seattle game, but we'll see. Obviously, they got to play a tougher quarterback going forward. Um, maybe not this week, but I guess we will see about that. Uh, offensively, uh, Jared Goff and the offense in this game, of course, they don't. They, interesting game, I thought, Colton. I mean, I I thought there was a lot of good stuff in here, and it was probably about how they want to play it. Some missed opportunities, but nothing that really cost them. To a, the defense helps there too, but you know, all in all, I think a lot to like, you know, in general offensively here. Yeah, I mean, um, Sam Laporta definitely in the bright spot. Uh, the offense, I feel like they were kind of, they did just enough to win. Like you're not going to score like yeah. 35 every week, but you're going to have to grind some out, and they had to do it this week. Um, kind of shorthand on the offensive line, obviously that kind of showed in games. Yeah, honestly, like losing Matt Nelson and then losing Dan Skipper, and the fact that you have to turn to Colby Sorzel. <laughs> to play right tackle in an NFL game <laughs> kind of shows that their depth, depth is being tested right now. Um, but, you know, as long as you come out on top, you score just enough to win, I think you have to feel good about the product and, you know, hope that better days are ahead. And they, I'm sure they are. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'll tell you, Sorstall didn't look that bad. I didn't think so. I didn't think he'd look, you know, in the brief, I don't know how many snaps he got. And yes, you need to get healthy on the offensive line or healthier. Decker needs to come back. That's pretty, like, he has to get back in here at some point soon. You know, they can get by with Glasgow in there over uh, Vitae and, and probably be fine. It's probably about replacement level uh, in that situation. So if Decker comes back, then the whole thing opens back up again. And I still think, I still think, I should say, this game sort of illustrates how the Lions want to play in that a lot of people were like, well, why the hell, you know, because Gibbs got a lot more touches in this game, obviously with Montgomery out. Um, and people, well, why the hell didn't it work in the first half? Nothing was there. It was like, I saw one person tweet like, uh, POV of Jameer Gibbs taking a handoff, and it was a brick wall. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, pretty, you know, he, there's nothing there, right? But things start to open up in the second half, and as we talked about last week, if you're going to be a team that grinds people out and stays with it with your run game and sticks with the whole thing all the way through, then he needs more swings at the plate. And we saw it in the fourth quarter, and we saw it in the second half. There was a couple, uh, a duo and a wide zone that the wide zone he probably should have scored on if somebody doesn't, I think Marvin Jones fell down or somebody got in his way. Um, but it's there. I mean, it's there. It's just, you know, we got to see more of it, and that offensive line needs to get a little bit healthier. But I was encouraged by how Gibbs played. I still want to see more touches and him more involved with Montgomery back in. But I was encouraged by that whole thing. I don't know what you thought about about the run game in general. Because I think even with the day that you – like we talked about, the fastball maybe isn't there with everything. The run game was still pretty much what it needed to be. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they were able to, able to pop off a few of those runs with Gibbs in the second half. And I think that yeah. might have been the fourth quarter when they scored that final touchdown. Um, yep. Like, with the offensive line that they had in place, like, that was impressive to me because 
they did create some holes. And I think it was having those three dudes, uh, Panay, um, Jonah, and Frank, kind of paving the way on the left side, kind of opening up some of those lanes for, for Gibbs there. Uh, that was encouraging. And I like what I saw from Gibbs. I think he's close. I really do. Um, we'll see if the touches remain, if, if Montgomery's coming back, which sounds like he is. But um, I think he's I think he's getting there, man. Like, he sounds more comfortable when he talks to me in the locker room. He told me this week that uh, he hopes he can get his first career touchdown so he can uh, do a Lambo leap uh, on Thursday. <laughs> so he's loosening up a little bit. <laughs> well, he fits right yeah. in, doesn't he, then? Yeah. Um, on and off the field. Uh, so... <laughs> But no, I thought that was really encouraging I, to see. Um, you know, Gibbs looks good. Um, just that 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 drive to you know in the fourth quarter, they weren't getting much going at all. Like Goff looked a little off. No. I don't know if he was banged up or whatever. But you know, they had some drives that stalled out. And the fact that the defense one kept them in it, and two, they were able to put a drive like that together to kind of seal it shows me kind of the resolve of this team and kind of how they're wired. So yeah, some some intriguing moments. Even though it wasn't your best effort, I think brighter days are ahead though. I'm hoping that this means that, you know, and maybe I was wrong, and obviously maybe Montgomery's injury forced their hand, that they had to trust him in this game. And I'm hoping this means that that continues going forward even when Montgomery comes back because, I, as we've talked about, there's still just so many opportunities for the offense to sort of, like, live in 21 personnel and not worry about, you know, anything else. Just live with Gibbs on the field and Montgomery and make them make them deal with that. You know what I mean? Like, I... We started to see some of that a little bit, and then Montgomery got hurt. And, like, I still thought they didn't really trust him quite yet, Gibbs, that is. So I'm hopeful that this game, if nothing else, makes the Lions a little more like, okay, let's get him in here and let him let him go for a bit and figure it out and get more of that on the field. And I know every matchup is whatever, but, like, the receiver depth is not terrific right now. You, you know, we've talked about it all camp. Raymond is, other than St. Brown, Raymond is the best receiver out there, right? Yep. I mean, he had... And how sustainable is that? I, I just, you know, I don't know. I, I would like to see if, if Gibbs probably having more touches than Montgomery, uh, at, or at least more reps, I should say, at the end of the day, or at least even, like something like yeah. that. I don't know. I, I feel like that's got to be monitored here going forward. Yeah, if, if you get Montgomery like 15 touches a game, you get Gibbs 15 to 18 touches a game, you're playing to your strengths with yeah. your two backs that are dynamic in their own ways, and you're probably going to control the clock. You're probably going to win some games here with those two leading the way. And you get guys like Decker back. sounds like he's going to play. It would take a lot to keep him out of a, right. a game at Lambeau. So, um, yes, that's true. Yeah. So, you know, I think those guys are coming along and I think the Lions will continue to rely on their run game going forward. And you mentioned Laporta and this was his day uh, to get the big touchdown. And I think I saw the video of Goff and him in the hallway and Goff said it best first, first of many, because I think that's going to be the first of many, uh, Man alive, uh, he leads all tight ends, all NFL tight ends right now in receiving yards yep. through three weeks. Second in catches. I did. I tell you, I didn't see that coming. I, I I thought he would be good, but I didn't see it like this. You look around the rest of these tight ends, Colton. We talked about that class, how good it was, and it was. Um, Michael Mayer has like one catch. For two yards, yeah. I think that. Yeah, I think that like uh, uh, the uh, Buffalo um, Kincaid. I can't. Yes, Dalton is playing well, but not as not this good. And Musgrave is still trying to fit in. Obviously, the quarterback situation there's a little bit different. Darnell's just an offensive lineman. <laughs> yeah, well, he expected that. But I mean, I this is more than I thought it would be. I thought he would be good. This is more than I thought it would be, especially because the run blocking hasn't gone away, and the touchdown he had 
was a blown coverage, but it was a blown coverage because he shook that dude out of he his did. pants and got open. Yep. Right? I mean, this talk about Sam because this has been this has been an eye-opening deal here. That's been more than what we saw with TJ in his first couple games because TJ had a great start too to his rookie year. But this has been this has been different. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't want to say I saw this coming because I I didn't. No, I did not. <laughs> I didn't think he'd be first in <laughs> receiving yards among tight ends. I didn't yeah, think he'd right. be second in catches, but. I did think that he would be probably their number two target behind St. Brown early on because, you know, obviously, you know, J-Mo, some of these secondary receivers aren't great options. Um, and then I didn't know how much they were going to use Gibbs in the passing game early on. So I thought that could take some time. Yeah. I remember going back to rookie minicamp, and the Porter was just dominating dudes. He was the best player on the field. Then you get yep. to uh, – yeah, OTAs, he was the same thing. Training camp, he's coming out hot. He's with the first team. You're like, all right, by like day two, it wasn't any of that bullshit like, oh, we're going to let Brock Wright be the number one until our rookie tight end's no. ready. Nope, none of that. They said, we drafted you 34th overall. You were going to play for us. You were going to start for us. And that's exactly what we've seen so far. Um, you know, what he's been able to do at that position, which is historically one of the toughest ones to come in and contribute right away, I don't care if it was a great draft class. That's still hard to do no matter who you are. Absolutely. The fact that Laporte has come in and has gotten off to the start he's gotten off to. He's setting NFL records. He was the first NFL tight end uh, to record at least five receptions in each of his first three games. Uh, his 18 receptions are the most for a tight end through his first three games, and his 186 yards are the second most. In NFL history, he is, like, on a different level right now. <laughs> it, it's hard to even, like, I'm, I'm saying that, and it's still, like, you can't really put it into words. Um, so, I mean, he's he's trustworthy. He's got the the trust of Goff. Um, they feel comfortable going to him, um, and that's not going to stop. He's only going to get more comfortable. Um, the right. blocking is going to come along. I think he's already kind of hold his own as a blocker, um, to be honest with you. So, uh, yeah, man, the fact that he's gotten off to the start yeah. kind of shows you how they felt about him. It's why they picked him over some dudes that you know at the time. You're like, Mayer, oh, wow, of course. He's going to be the first or second tight end taken. He ends up being the third one behind Kincaid and Laporta. There's some questions about that at the time. Probably not so much right now. Um, so mm -hmm. that's a testament to Laporta and, and the start he's gotten off to. Yeah, it's been outstanding. I mean, I can't, you know, I, I don't know what else to, to call that. I mean, the situation there, you know, in terms of his ability to stay on the field at all times, and then you said it earlier, the trust with Goff is like the biggest thing because everybody inside the Lions organization knows this. They don't talk about it a lot. If he, if golf trusts you as a receiver, if you prove that you're trustworthy to him, he'll throw the ball to you with his eyes closed. Yes. He'll trust you. You know what I mean? And that's why St. Brown ends up with all these, because he trusts, he trusts that he's going to be there no matter what. And it's just, instead of panicking when pressure's coming in my face, I'm just going to rip it to where I know uh St. is because he's going to be open or at least he's going to give me a chance. Yeah. Right. Raymond is the same way. You know, Reynolds, they brought him here for that reason. The list of guys, though, is not real long. And there's a reason why a lot of people that don't talk about this get a little worried about Jameson with Jared Goff. More than all the other stuff. Yeah. More than all the other stuff. Because I can't trust you if you're not going to run the route right, right? Laporta, not only is he running the route properly... This is a guy who does all the things St. Brown does as a tight end. He runs downhill to the ball. He re he resets and makes himself available off-platform, offside, multiple off-platform throws to Laporta, which has been ridiculous already mm -hmm. so far. 
He has ridiculously strong hands. He gives you a chance in the air. He's going to give you yards after catch. Like, all that stuff. Like, it's just... This is going to be a really... It, it was a really good fit when they drafted him, but, like, I didn't realize, I guess, that the route discipline was this good. Because that's that's really what we're talking about here. And that's really the shame about Iowa football in general. <laughs> because this guy... I don't know how many catches he had at Iowa. Like, seven? <laughs> like, no, you know? I mean... So that's really the shame when you look back on it. But yeah, he's going to have a hell of a year here if this continues with or without the addition of Jamison. And maybe Jamison will be great and take some of those targets away. But like we said, the trust there with, with Goff is huge. And Goff is not a guy who doles that out. He's not Stafford. You know what I mean? Stafford can trust any guy he you know doesn't. Look at now with Puka and all these dudes out there, Nakua's getting 58 catches a game for crying out loud, and Stafford met him like three weeks ago, and Kelly says that they don't. nobody gets long, right? <laughs> so whatever, he doesn't care. He'll throw the football. Goff, I think there's a point there. Take It's harder, and for Laporta to get all the way ahead of the line like this, that's like St. Brown level to me. That's what that's as impressive as that, in my yeah. opinion. Kelly Stafford cuts and strays on his pod. <laughs> I mean, well, hey, look, somebody's got to say it at some point. Here. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but I agree, man, like, Laporte has been everything they could have wanted and more. Um, I think mm-hmm. either like eight or nine of his 18 catches have gone for a first down or a touchdown. Um, that's how yeah, he's right. reliable. Um, he's doing it. He's beaten zone pretty well. I think uh, 56 of his 76 yards after the catch have come versus zone. Um, you know, uh, I think 129 of those yards, 186 have come in zone. So he's finding the soft spots and working space, and they're kind of taking yep. advantage of that, you know, run after the catch ability from their tight end and they're trusting him to draw up these deep plays for him. And he hit on that 45 yard bomb and kind of took a lap around the stadium. And, you know, I think the, the, the coolest thing about Laporta is that he just like is, he's a cool cat, man. Like nothing really battles him. Nothing yeah. really phases him. He is sort of like Kittle in that regard. Um, and you know, not all Iowa tight ends are wired the same. Uh, <laughs> no, they're not like Noah fans different too. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what yeah. it is. They're all good. They're all good. You know, they can all play. They're all wired yeah. the same. I think Laporta is wired the way you want him to be, where he makes a mistake. They all say he's not going to make the same mistake again. Um, you know, he catches a touchdown. You know, he's going to run back to the sideline and be ready to do it again and say, oh, that was fun. Let's do it. Right. You know, like that's sort of his mindset yeah, right, and exactly. the way he's wired. And, you know, I'm sure the Lions are happy to have him in the fold. Well, two and one, and you move on. Obviously, that was a game you had to get. Now you go to Green Bay here this week on Thursday, and uh, this is an interesting game. Um, Jordan Love, and I said this earlier, I, he, I think he is better than Ritter. I will give him that. I think he's a better player than Desmond Ritter. I think he's a better quarterback than Ritter. I'm still not sure if I'm I'm on the of the belief that Jordan Love is going to be a guy that you can really it's going to be a multi-year starter in the league. I don't know if we have enough on I, you can see flashes of it, right? There's times where he throws a really nice ball. I think he throws a much better ball than Ritter. He's got more physical talent there, but there's also a lot of hiccups and issues and things that aren't exactly what you want. Plus, LaFleur is trying to get the actual offense that he wants to run installed post Rodgers, which I think is <laughs> probably a challenge. However, Green Bay still has a crap load of dudes on defense. Uh, that can get it done, and like th- they—that's the thing right now. I think for the way well, you got to get Decker healthy, you got to get this run game going. I would I, Montgomery practice? Did he not? I mean, I don't yeah. know what's the before you go into any of that. What's the injury uh, situation as they as they get moving? Yeah, on? we're recording this before the injury report comes out, but you know, based on what we've seen in practice, uh, Kirby has been limited. 
um, Decker's been limited and Montgomery's been limited. So I think that's encouraging. It's okay. better than a no practice. Yeah. Uh, right. It sounds like Decker was talking to us in the locker room. He's like, I'm not missing this game. So he's going to play. He, yeah, he's playing. not 100%, yeah. but he's going to play. That's good. Montgomery uh, is sort of the same way. Uh, he told me if it were up to him, he's playing. Um, and said he's never beat the Packers before. And wants that's right. Yeah, he's never he's beat been the Bears. Yeah. Uh, that's right. That you know the team that Aaron Rodgers owns. Well, he's playing. <laughs> he's, he's playing. playing. <laughs> uh, if I had to guess, I mean, we'll see the injury report, but yeah. I'd be shocked if he doesn't play. Maybe limited. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I think Kirby is probably more on the fifty-fifty side, but you know yeah. he loves playing the Packers. So <laughs> number twelve isn't there, but he's going to try to get three interceptions <laughs> off uh, their new guy. So. You know, uh, Prime time, I think man. those three players are, are huge. Vitae might need more time. I wouldn't expect them to return this week. But mm-hmm. just getting those three guys back, if that's the case, will help them a lot. Um, that's a big game, man. I think they're all, they all realize, like, you know, these are probably the two teams in the NFC North this year. Um, I think that's pretty safe to say at this point. Yes. Um, and yes. so this will have divisional implications down, down the road. Um, so this is the one you want if you if you can stomach it, if you can battle it out, grind it out. So... Sounds like those guys can be ready to go. And I would say this. I, I think that you're getting them at a good time, too, because I think they're going to get better. I think Green Bay is going to get better. I, I like a lot of the young linemen that they have on offense. Uh, I don't hate Jordan Love, I, right? Like, I, I, I'm i glad he's getting a chance finally, and I'm, I, you know, I think we've all been waiting for it for like eight years, it feels like, or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And so, you know, we'll see how that goes. I think they're going to get better. I like everything LaFleur does. And so this is not... A bad. I don't want people like I think people are of the of the uh, belief like the Bears are horrible. Yes. Right? No, let's let's not awful. The Bears are terrible. The Vikings are kind of a mess. They still have talent, but they're still sort of being exposed in some spots. The Packers are like kind of where the Lions were in some other years, where it's like they're, they're they don't have Rodgers anymore, but they have a young roster who's sort of finding its way in some spots, and they're going to get better. And so. I think you got to go out here on Thursday and make sure they understand what's going on here now. This is a different deal. Rodgers is gone, right? It's a different era, so to speak, as they've talked about. And Green Bay is not going to be struggle bus, I don't think, on offense forever. And one of these days, maybe randomly, it might it might start working. I don't know. Their health situation, I think, is tough, too. Yeah. Uh, I know you talked to Matt this week. I don't know if that's updated or what. But, like, yeah. I... You got to be careful with the Packers. I you said the second best. I agree with you on that. I think they're number two. the Lions. I think are one. Packers two. Vikings three. And the Bears are like a distant four. Yeah. Which is how. But yes. Okay. But yeah, it's sneaky. They're a sneaky team. I, I wouldn't totally sleep on 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 Green Bay here. They're sneaky, and I still think even without Rodgers, uh, at least maybe some people in Green Bay agree with this, but I still think there's this allure of beating the Packers at Lambeau and whether they're retooling or not like this they I feel like this team specifically has enough talent to compete for the division and if the Lions are just kind of overlooking them you know they can get their ass kicked um I agree with you uh, with the pecking order the Bears are (laughs) disaster right now uh man the hell's going last on? week those reports that were coming out man like i don't know what that was but <laughs> that, okay. peanut tillman that i know that was uh, that was not real but like peanut tillman is like you know raiding the the place like those stories were just hilarious to me i know they weren't true but uh the fact that they were even out there during also, that game week is insane <laughs> um but that that also all that deflected from fields <laughs> Being like, it's the coach's fault. Uh, I'm thinking too much on the field, and because my coach is trying to teach me the game. And then coming back later in the <laughs> locker room the and being like, "Hey, you guys miss 
you twisted my comment, even though those were exactly the words that he said. Oh yeah, of course. We saw you say it. Everybody. I mean, it's like, yeah. buddy, that's not. Yes, distant. Um, the yeah. Vikings are yeah. a mess right now in their own way. I think they've so they were really lucky last year in terms of going like eleven zero in those one score games. They're very unlucky this year. Uh, <laughs> very unlucky. I think they're right. the unluckiest team in the NFL based on like some of the metrics out there. So th- I think that'll even out. Like. I don't think they're going to be in the race for Caleb Williams. I think they'll probably finish closer to 500 no, than people think. Teams, yeah, yeah, right. maybe a little yeah. under, but they're still competitive and there'll be some tough games there. Uh, but these two teams specifically are the teams to watch in this division for me. And I actually asked Ali McNeil this the other day, and I said, do you guys still feel like the Packers are a measuring stick? And then he goes, you mean like historically or like now? And I was like, oh, well, historically first. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, they've had – some good seasons and, you know, Aaron Rodgers and whatnot. So definitely over over the years, historically. And I was like, all right, yeah. so what about now? <laughs> what about and he was like, uh, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that right now. <laughs> so <laughs> if they win that game. I mean, they beat him too straight. If yeah. they win that game, right. best believe I will be in the locker room asking Aleem to comment on that again and uh, clarify his comments. And that will be the lead of my story if they end up winning this game. Yeah. <laughs> so Because I do think they won't say it right now because they don't want to give any – fodder to the other team, whatever. Uh, but I do think that they feel that they're the best team in this division and that they're the team to beat and that they've kind of, you know, taken that mantle. Now, again, you didn't even win the division last year, so you got to go out and prove it the rest of the year. No. But based on where they're at on paper, what we've seen so far, I do think the Lions are the team to beat in this division, and they'll have a chance to go out and prove that on Thursday. I'm sure that's the rallying cry of the short week was you're going to have an opportunity – on national TV to show everybody. We did that on in week one. We saw them play Kansas City, the Super Bowl champs. We talked about that opportunity all offseason. You got a chance to show everybody that you're not the same as you used to be and all that. And everybody saw that. Now you get a chance on national TV again to show that more than that, you're the best team in the division. The whole thing has to go through you for real. Yeah. You know, like they said that all in their locker room stuff last year at the end of the season. Like from now on, it goes through Detroit and blah, blah, blah. Like for, for a soundbite. Like, you go stomp them here in front of everybody, then that's what everyone's going to yeah. say, for real. They're going to say, well, that's the team to beat in that division. You can pencil them in. They're going to get the home playoff game, all the whole shot, blah, 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 until proven otherwise. So this is the chance to make that statement, if, if, I'm, if, if you're the Lions. And you just lean into who you are and bully somebody, because I think that that's what they have done when they've played at their best, is just lean into when it, even if it's not going well, we still have like two of the best offensive linemen on the planet that can help us grind through this and three other pretty good ones standing next to him so let's just get through this here yeah. you know i think that's how they've played these last or the last game certainly and if they go into this one with that mindset i think the same can kind of happen no doubt man it's a big opportunity like everyone's yeah. gonna be watching they understand the spotlight at the moment i think these guys actually live for those games um again oh, because yeah. they didn't get a ton of those opportunities last year and they're trying to make the most oh. of it and kind of show what they've been building over the years so much like the chiefs game i come i'm kind of viewing this one the same way and it is a statement opportunity, and we'll see if they can take advantage. We will see indeed. Well, I'm not sure if we'll be back on Friday. I don't think we will be. I think we'll have to come back next week around the same time. Uh, so we'll get some sleep on Friday. But in any event, we'll break this down at some point next week uh, with the weird schedule here. Uh, you got anything else here, Colton, before we get out? I'm good. Looking forward to it. I know you got to get to the airport. So. <laughs> uh, I got, I got pre-checked. In any event, good. <laughs> that's all oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. But in any event, that'll do it for this week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe, as always. Check out all Colton's stuff on The Athletic right now. Lions Packers Thursday night. Colton will be there. 
Uh, I will be here watching it, and we'll come back next week to talk about it. So for Colton, I'm Nick. Thanks again. Uh, we'll see you later.